Between the world's friends, and I am your host, Aaron Duffy Oswald. Welcome, listeners. I am so happy to have you join me for another episode of Just Like Magic. Today, we are joined by Casey Denae. She is just a fabulous woman with such a great and compelling story. Um, a fellow practitioner of magic. Uh, I love how she calls herself an all-around village witch, bringing energetic and archetypal medicine to people through her courses and plant medicine and one-on-one work. Um, She lives in the woods with her husband and her cats and her dogs. Um, Really just a great space teeming with all kinds of life. And today um, we are going to talk about astrology. We're going to talk about herbalism together. And most of all, we are going to talk about magic. So without any further ado, I want to welcome you, Casey. I'm so happy to have you. I'm so honored to be here with you because I just love watching and following along with you. I just, like we said earlier, I just feel like I know you. You have such a big presence to you. Um, It just feels like I know you so well. Oh, thank you. Yes, we were, before we hopped on to record, um, Casey and I were remarking how before we started today, we were both realizing that we actually have not had one-on-one verbal conversation. I know we've dropped lots of messages over the years and we've been following one another on Instagram. Yeah, it does. It feels like we know each other. Um, You were top of mind for me all along when I was cooking up this idea, what I wanted to talk about on my new podcast, um, because I just absolutely love your approach to everything you do, but in particular, astrology. I love how uh, your voice is just so clear. It really comes through. I can tell you have put your heart and soul in it and your unique perspective on how you view uh the stars and the way they interact with us on earth and it sounds and feels like a girlfriend is talking to me when i read your posts or i watch your stories on instagram your take is just really balanced i'm so curious to hear your perspective on this astrology is going through an evolutionary moment and that there are some old school ways of looking at things and then there are some new understandings and new appreciations One of the things I really admire about your work is that it's just balanced. You're not sugarcoating things. Um, You're not like a doom and gloom kind of uh, astrologer, but you just have this super balanced perspective. And I'm so curious to know more about how you have arrived at that perspective. Yeah, 
Absolutely. I, I, first of all, I just feel so honored that you said it feels like I am your girlfriend talking there, uh, talking through the computer. Um, that's such a great compliment that I'm receiving. Oh, my, how I got that is living in it. Um, you know, there's absolutely reading books and, you know, I'm really honored to be able to have a teacher who is partially one of those old school, um, astrologers. She's been doing it for 56 years now. (laughs) So I get a lot of her input as well, but it's also, you know, one of the things that I talk about with people is if you want to know astrology, if you want to know it, not on a mind level, but on an embodied level, live in the seasons. Um, those are your archetypes, these different pieces in your life, being able to break them down, the different stories, the different experiences, being able to look at it and be like, oh, that was a Saturn moment is just kind of how you can get to that place of, or at least how I got to that place of it's less of a mental understanding of what's going on. And it's more of a, it's a living, breathing experience. I love that way of of putting it and, and of living it. And I could not agree more uh, when I'm working with my students and teaching them this process of being in the, in the wheel of the year. I always, always bring it back to, I want it to be an embodied experience for them because I think that's where the real wisdom lies inside of getting to, to bring it into the mundane so-called action. I think it also is this beautiful pathway of ancestral wisdom that remains intact for us. And we, those of us of European descent especially have relatively few of those things to look to of what we could term like an intact line of ancestral wisdom. Um, but the way to really unlock it and learn it and know it is in the day to day. So I would love to hear about how you work with that um, and especially in the vein of this podcast, in a magical way. How do you apply astrology magically? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, well, first off, how I make medicine for myself. So harvesting my plants, planting my plants. Um, I used to be really rigid in my practices. And now it's more of just kind of letting things unfold as as it comes up for me. So I don't have like strict uh, you know, like moon or this moon or that moon, um, except for when I'm in my medicine making where I use planetary hours and the um, planetary days and the best days to harvest and things like that. But I also, when you just said that, uh, you just talked a moment ago, one of the pieces you said was about embodied in wisdom. And one of the things that came up for me is the body is wise. The mind knows, Right. And when you're talking about astrology going through this transitionary period, we're entering into this age of Aquarius. One of the things that is the reason why we're seeing so much embodiment practice and so much of this um, feminine knowing in different ways of understanding from a body perspective, understanding from an intuition perspective, understanding from relationship um, and co-creation, like one with the land is because that is where the wisdom is. Your body is wise. Your brain just knows things and it's a totally different perspective, right? So when it comes to my magic, when I was learning about the elements, for example, I remember picking up a book on it and just being like, oh gosh, this is so much to memorize, right? 
And then I read the book and went out to my day-to-day life and from different pieces, like from planting or dealing with a windstorm, for example, or uh, dealing with a small flood, not a real big flood, but we had our fields flooding and being able to look at these lived experiences as a person, as land, um, and being able to understand the energetics behind it, understand it on, on that body level versus the memorized list level. And it changed everything dramatically. Um, because then I didn't feel like I had to work with things as, Oh, like I needed certain things to do certain things or I needed certain ingredients or certain timing all the time. It felt like more, I could just understand and shift the energy simply by recognizing it. I love that. It makes me feel so inspired to hear you say that because it's the story of this evolution of a return actually to something. I relate very strongly to what you're saying in my early practice. Um, You know, it's funny because I look around sometimes and I'll make a joke to my husband because I've got stacks of books all over the place and I don't think I read very much. Ha, ha, ha. Um, (laughs) And I say, this is what it's like to live with a witch. Look at that. There's piles of books everywhere. But the thing is that it always has been this journey back to being something I could just walk around with in my bones, that I didn't have to crack a book for it. And when you described that moment of, of um, understanding the elements in the sense of action, to me, that is such a huge key. And as a human being, we all possess this. This is what I call our natural wisdom. We know how the elements work. We understand what they do. We have an innate, inherent appreciation of that because of the dimension that we live in. And they are our co-creators in this dimension. That's always how I approach spell working is what what do we need here? What is the the action that we need here? And then from there, we can start building the spell. So I'd love to dive into this topic of magic in a really deep way now. And when I um, invite folks to come on and share their stories on Just Like Magic, I always put out the call for, you know, let's hear those moments of aha, oh my goodness, this is it. This is my spell work coming back to me. This is the magic coming back to me. The intentions that I laid are, are coming to fruition. And so this is the moment where I really want to hear what would you like to share with listeners about your magical moment? (laughs) Well, I have had several of these moments, but one of the strongest ones, and it's really interesting to me because there was no actual spell, right? Um, I was not actively um, setting aside time for that, but I was sitting in my coffee shop. This was (laughs) pre-2020. I was sitting in my coffee shop and I was at this moment where I had I had gotten into astrology and herbalism at the same time. And when I talked to people, I'd been talking a lot about herbalism because people got that. I live in a really small town in West Virginia. I have a large extended family. None of them are mystical, right? And so much of my life needed to be, or I felt like I was trying to cling on to this rational person. And so my mystical, magical life, including astrology, was very much private. And that felt really good to me, but I was like, oh my gosh, 
this is so important to me. It feels like I need to share it. I feels like I need to share it. And it was such a huge resistance block that I was sitting in my coffee shop. I was almost in tears. And I finally said, all right, if I'm supposed to do astrology, I need a glaring neon sign. And, you know, this is like, again, the, the embodied feeling of magic and the embodied feeling of spell work, right? In that moment, I knew how real it was simply because of how much it's like you almost jump dimensions, right? It's like everything gets all like, oh, what is that? Wom, 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 wom. Um, everything kind of drops in a little bit deeper. And I was like, okay, I'm serious. If I'm supposed to do this, I need a glaring neon sign because, you know, I, most of my work anymore is, you know, with animals, things that come to me, you know, obviously living this close to nature, it's very much just paying attention to the land gives me my clues. And I was like, no, I need something bigger than that. I don't, (laughs) I need something more. And It was not, I think it was two days later, two or three days later, the guy who owns a coffee shop came up to me and he was like, you need to meet this guy. And I was like, okay, why? (laughs) And he was like, he's, he's an astrologer. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Wow. There's two of us in a small town. And not five minutes later, this man walks in, comes up, shakes my hand. He's like, yeah, what are you? I was like, oh, I'm an herbalist and an astrologer. (laughs) And he's like, you have to meet Dorothy. And I was like, okay, who's Dorothy? And he's like, she's this amazing astrologer. She's 94 years old. Let me give you her number. I'll call her and make sure it's okay, right? It was okay. I got to call her and she asked to meet at the coffee shop and she comes in with her walker and I was expecting to talk, chat. She only had one request was that I brought my chart and she sits down. She does not say hi. She does not talk to me. She just goes, do you have your chart? And I was like, oh, cool. She's going to read my chart. I mean, that's kind of neat. She does not. She, she takes hold of my chart, holds it for like two minutes of awkward silence, and then looks up at me dead in the eye. And of course, for me, like as soon as I had heard about Dorothy and how much experience she had, I'm sitting there like, please let this be my Ishmael moment. Please let her be my Mr. Miyagi. You know, <laughs> like all I want to do is learn. I'm so hungry. You know, I was so hungry for a real teacher. And she looks up at me while she's holding my chart and she goes, our sons are on the same degree and I have Saturn conjunct my son. I'm supposed to teach you everything I know. Are you willing? And I'm like jumping up and down and like staring at this woman like that's that's neon sign yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh I have full body chills (gasps) what was even more beautiful though was I was coming off of this time in my life I had taken care of my great-grandmother um for the three years preceding her death so I was very comfortable with caring for people at the end of life and understanding what that meant so Shortly after we started working things out, Dorothy was at a period in her life where she needed more care. She did not want to admit to this. We're both heavy Scorpios. <laughs> she did not want to admit that she needed help, but she needed help with an exact, the exact skill set that I had been cultivating, right? And then she had 54, 55, now 56 years of astrology knowledge and almost 50, 60 books that she has passed on to me. So in exchange for weekly lessons, I was able to come in and caretake her. And knowing that I live in a town with fewer than 2,000 people in it, Mm 
I mean, I don't, I mean, magic is absolutely real. (laughs) Wow. That is just absolutely incredible. Um, What a blessing and what a gift. You know, I think the other thing about magic is we have to be courageous enough to meet the moments that we make. So there is that part where, you know, we put it out there, but we've got to go get it too. And um, wow, just what a, what a gorgeous story. Um, Are you still learning from Dorothy? I am currently, yes. Um, Still learning from Dorothy. And of course, you know, we're, I, we're, I don't want to say we're nearing the end, but, um, but it's definitely something I'm preparing myself for because she's been such a big part of my life. Well, I love the anecdote that you share about her on your website of um, her journey and how she had to study in her closet uh-huh. um, <laughs> to hide it from her Catholic husband. And I thought, well, good for you, Dorothy, good for you. And then that he um, came around and learned to appreciate it and they got to share that together. I think that's wonderful. Um, And I didn't really know, I don't know why, because I always file away my fellow Scorpio girlfriends. So that's exciting. I am as well. When you described her as looking you dead in the eye, um, (laughs) there's some added weight there. That is a talent that the Scorpio can sometimes possess, you know? Absolutely. I mean, how else are we going to stare deeply into everyone's soul and know their secrets? (laughs) Sometimes it's just in a fleeting glance, too. (laughs) (laughs) So then we must learn to, to meter that and have good, clear boundaries around it. So... Yes, don't be afraid. Um, those those of us, I think, who have learned to manage this understand um, we don't go sharing things we're not asked to, to tell about. So don't worry. Just because we can see it, if, if, right. if we're operating on a higher principle, there'll be no judgment. And um, I'm not going to tell you unless you ask me. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and there's that, like, for me, especially, I'm a deep holder of secrets. Like, I'm there's no judgment. There's zero. Honestly, there's only judgment when like, not judgment when someone's withholding from me and we have mutual trust. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, please let me help you. And of course I understand it, but it's almost like, Oh my gosh, I can see you struggling. Please talk to me. Please open. I am a safe space kind of deal. Um, and what got called in in a lot of my relationships was how much I withhold my own secrets. And so the way I've had to learn how to navigate that is, is making sure I'm putting as much of my own skin on the line as my relationships will bring, um, into those spaces and trust me with, and that has been a hard lesson. (laughs) Oh yeah. When you said that, I just kind of like felt all of my insides recoil a little bit because (laughs) I relate. It's really true. Uh, I would love to hear about if you have had any moments of faltering or a little misfire, or a little mishap, or maybe something did come back to bite you a little bit, putting it out in, um, and seeing maybe like the cake fell in the oven, so to speak, just a cautionary tale. What could you tell someone who's just starting out? 
what would you give them advice about for avoiding some of those faltering steps? I don't have any like cake fell stories just because when I was initiated into it, I knew how serious it was. I had a really big witch wound and it was really scary for me. And so it was never something that I entered into lightly. And I, <laughs> I was always very hyper-conscious before I tried it. But like, even when I got into like manifestation or, you know, like, like the baby steps into it, I was already like, this is no joke. <laughs> this is very serious. It was a huge responsibility. And so, you know, I think basically is be, treat it as such. It's not a joke. It's not something to be taken lightly. And I think, um, I think anger is sacred. I think rage is sacred. I think like they're not bad emotions, but I think there are, there are spaces when we are still in active wounding where we should not be trying to navigate things on our own um, yeah. or trying to create things. And where I am now, actually, it's really interesting <laughs> that we're in this space right now is where I'm stopping <laughs> trying to think that I know where I want to go. Um, because you know, whether like whatever the name is, and I think the name resonates differently for other people, whether it's interacting with magic or it's source or creator or universe or however you are in this energy. I think for me, at least there has come this point where when I have tried to have spells and, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I want this to work or um, I want to have this end result and I lay it out and I'm like, oh, you know, really like specific about it. It has never felt as good as the times where I've let go and been like, I know there needs to be a shift. I know there needs to be a change. I know what I want to let go of. Surprise me on where I can go. Surprise me on what this end result can be. Surprise me for where I can land. Um, and as somebody who <laughs> has used um, controlling things, grasping to things as a... Uh, I don't know why defense mechanisms coming to mind, but um, as a way of feeling good about reality, this letting go control and trusting, really, really surrendering and trusting um, has always been better for me. So I think getting to that place as well, or being able to get to a place where it's, it doesn't have to be as spelled out, right. Where, hmm. where you can let yourself be surprised by magic because it always ends up better than what right. you can of yourself. Totally. I agree with that. And sometimes I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say this or something better. And it always reminds me that my vision is not anywhere near as grand as the benevolent universe's vision for me or my life can be. When it comes to, like you were talking about, acting out of the wound, I absolutely agree. It's a place for reserve and take a beat and take a breath. It's arisen really sharply in recent years as, what? how, how do I put this? Yeah, but like just like a dash of salt. I don't mean disrespect, but um, 
there's just sort of like a trend, shall we say, because of the way being paved for for younger people to explore mystical things. And there's almost like an occult aesthetic. There's been this freedom that for me as a person who in mid 90s, when I was coming to my awakening about a magical path, um, and being in a, in smaller areas where it's not necessarily as safe to be as open, um, I just had a little bit more of a, a reservation around it. So on the one hand, I would look at, I call them affectionately the, the baby witches. I just thought, oh, that's so cool that they feel so free to be themselves and be open about it. And on the other hand, I was just really hoping that they were rooted in some deeper traditions than just like a grandmother Google initiation type situation. Um, And I would see a lot of what I would call a self-aggrandizement and almost a capitalistic approach to the magic where it was just really about just like enrichment of self and maybe just along materialistic lines. And not to say there's anything inherently wrong with any of that stuff, but this is what can get lost when we aren't having traditions handed down. So one of the ways that I have been working around that with my students and with myself and my practice is that when we look at the wheel of the year, I look at the agrarian cycle, the light half of the year, the dark half of the year, there's only so much growing time. And then there's a lot of compost and sifting through time. And that is aligned with the solar energy. And therefore, that's what we really align our will with. And that's where we I put the focus of manifestation <clears throat> on down to, I would really, really dig a nice new king size bed. Um, <laughs> and, and again, like I, I'm a physical being. I need physical things. We all do. But when it comes to some of the other things about cultivating what I need to line up those resources, that's an internal job. And I have been working with my students then and myself to align with the lunar cycles to cultivate the emotional states or the intellectual states or to clear the energy states and and work on our spiritual life and our, our emotional selves in order to receive what it is that we're working with on the solar tide, separating those two streams out really strongly um, to make that lunar cycle work be much more about cultivating values and ethics. It's so funny that we're meeting up at this point in time because I have so moved my own practice um, I have played around I, for the past year or so working. We have our own lunar returns in our charts. We have a solar return and then we have a lunar return. And just in the same way you were talking, you know, solar returns are our year long. You know, they're lengthier, right? It takes a little bit more time for things to move about and things to grow. And then we have, <laughs> you know, we have the internal, that moon cycle where, For example, I just went through, oh gosh, what was it? The, my personal lunar cycle before last, where my chart was, I don't want to work. I don't want to do anything. I had no energy. And, you know, I think just in the same way of like following the traditional moon cycle is when you are aligned with things 
Like when you're aligned with the dark moon, you're aligned with the waxing moon, when you know your own energy levels, because I mean, that's where our energy comes from. You know, our, the way I would talk about it is the sun is our battery, right? We fill it up to have energy. The moon is what moves it through. So for example, when you're talking about aligning with your solar will and you know, your king size bed, for example, We'll use that. (laughs) You can do all of these things to fill up your battery to be working towards that king size bed, right? Mm -hmm. But then you might hit a month where, just like I was talking about, where your emotional energy is drained, whether it's through an experience, you didn't take care of yourself, uh, you know, kind of overflowing things, or, you know, an experience of grief or (laughs) cultural shock. (laughs) You know, so it doesn't mean that 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 energy is not still being directed to that thing. It just means that if you push for it in that time, it's not you're just going to drain yourself further. Mm -hmm. Right. In that same way, when, you know, we're on dark moon and (laughs) so many people are exhausted in scheduling meetings and these high octane things. And it's like, nah, man, (laughs) you need to take a breather. You need to get quiet. Um, and I think the more that we become in tune with nature cycles, our individual cycles, the more it's, it's, it's so much less about even again, the, the trying to get the King bed. It's like when you're in this flow, it's like when you're in the sweet spot in the river and you're missing all the rocks, right? (laughs) You're just not having to work as hard. Um, to end up where you want to go, whether that's a king size bed or the right partner, or, you know, just having your most aligned human experience. Absolutely. Alignment. That is the key word. And much of the work isn't even about manifestation. Much of the work is about clearing, clearing, (laughs) getting, you know, getting the debris out of the way to create flow. And that's something I, I do, um, Nightly, I have this routine that I teach in house magic where we set the energy alarm of the house. So when I put the house to bed, I do something at the front door and the back door. But what it is, is not just putting up that boundary of protection, but also is to repel unwanted things. I'll look down the front path of my house and I'll energetically sweep the blockages away or or ask for the obstacles to be taken away so that the opportunities that are meant to find me or the people who dwell here can make their way to us. I just wanted to bring that up because sometimes it's not so much even about calling something in. It's just getting the things out of the way and getting out of our own way to receive, receive, receive. Yeah. Um, so Casey, I have another question for you. You've already talked about Barbara, who is like, what a treasure. I mean, to have a, a, a living resource and someone who is so treasured and wants to share with you that that's such a gift. Um, but we can't all have a Barbara. So if you could, do you have book titles that you might be able to recommend or um, other teachers that are having offerings that people might be able to learn from? Where would you? Yeah, absolutely. Them? Um, you know, I think the very first resource is go outside, you know, and it doesn't even have to be, um, even if you're living in an apartment building, even if you're in New York city, things are different in each season and being able to recognize those energetic shifts, thinking, especially on, um, when, especially as we're working through the solar cycle 
And, you know, like it's Pisces season right now, it's water, it's mutable, understanding how your energy feels in that. Um, I think that lived experience is the most important. Now, as for books, oh goodness, let me think here. <laughs> There's so many good ones. I know I loved when I started out, I loved just having, it was the green witch's guide. <laughs> um, I still look at it every now and then. It was such a good book. And now are you just wanting like witchy books or like um, astrology books as well? Oh, anything that, any resource that has just been really, you know, one of those, those, those gems that you know was a guiding light for you. Could be anything. Oh. Okay. Like you okay. said, I loved how you said get outside, like 100%. <laughs> I think that's always the first place to start. But um, that book, Evolutionary Herbalism, mm-hmm. you... Becca Piastrelli was the very first person I found her on Pinterest because I didn't have Instagram or Facebook at that time in my life. And um, I, she was one of my big guides into the, <laughs> the seasonal world. And it kind of just spread from there. Um, I love Becca. Yes, she's fabulous. Those are my really big ones. I have another question. I mean, I, this, is, this is the, que- the big question. What right. do you think magic is and how do you think it works? Oh, I love this one. <laughs> um, the way my understanding of it now is, again, going back to source, creator, goddess, however you view it, right? And for me, it's kind of like, I love that we're in age of Aquarius because it's kind of like we're getting that glimpse behind the scenes, right? If you've ever worked on WordPress or just using the internet in general or computers, like there is our way of interfacing with the world as we see it is like, we just pull up, like we pulled up this Zoom call, right? But that's nothing but coding behind it. We pull up Instagram, but there's nothing but coding behind it. And so it's like, we're interacting with this front facing part of the world. And then underneath it all is the coding, right? It's, it's the inner workings. And when we break it down, of course, it breaks down into the elements. It breaks down into energy, right? It breaks down in these different ways of operating. And so for me, it's kind of like magic is when, and again, going, if you've ever had WordPress and you've put in the wrong code on your site, you quickly and like the whole thing crashes <laughs> immediately. Um, then you have like, you download something that prevents you from screwing up the entire source code, right? <laughs> and for me, magic is like interacting in that safe container or safe-ish container where you're able to work in the energy. You're able to create shifts. You're able to create these new front-facing realities. You're able to create a new web page, for example, a new, new uh, circumstances for you, new clearing of some old stuff that's on there. Um, but in a way that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't screw up everything. <laughs> um, so for me, it's just this, this way to interact with source, this way to interact with reality where um, we have a lot more power, where we get to be creators rather than um, just beings experiencing what's in front of us. I love that definition. 
And that's where, you know, we can lay in all of the correspondences and get into closer and closer and tighter and tighter alignment. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, like correspondences are simply, you know, going back to living on the land and working with the land, right? I always love, my example is always pine in any like witch books, white pine is always wealth and abundance. And I was always like, why? You know, I remember I have this big one on our property. That's I'd say between 110 and 180 years old, depending on when it shot up. And it's huge. I'm like, why wealth? You know, and I finally, my partner is very, um, he's a Taurus. He's very cut and dry. He's not really in this world and that's okay. (laughs) And I was like, you know, there's this correspondence. And he was like, what are you doing? And I was talking about it. And he's like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. He goes, people used to plant white pine because it grows so fast and it grows straight. So you can turn it into lumber. So you can build your houses with it. So you can build other people's houses with it. There we go. And, you know, and and I mean, like, of course, there's other, you know, but thinking outside of capitalism, thinking about when we were just on the land and people did need a shelter and people did need a house. That's not um, a bad thing. Right. Right. Um, And so I think when you're working in that and you're able to just go out and sit with the plant or go out and sit and, you know, observe your life under certain conditions. aspects or certain different types of cosmic alignments. It's just being able to understand that energy on a new level, understand that correspondence. Yeah, totally. To look at it with new eyes. This is another place where I really always encourage people to um, tune in yourself to the earth medicine before you crack a book, just look at it and maybe even try to connect with it a little bit and see what it can tell you. Where does it live? What does it do? What are its attributes? And that will tell you a lot of what you need to know. And and some of that stuff is just straight up through just a scientific understanding of it. You can learn so much because it goes back to those actions and the elements. Again, just how does this work? What is this doing? And it's difficult to articulate. And then that's the mystery of it all. But the, this is that ancestral knowing and wisdom that I find again, you know, it's like the wheel of the Zodiac. It's just such a blessing that we're, we still have that so much wisdom from that because it's all laid out there for us. There's so much to crack in those codes, right? The, the massive decoder of the universe. Right. And you know, for me, I've never met someone who started doing this and didn't have some sort of remembrance around it where again, these things are in our bones. And I know for me, especially as a woman who I have a lot of English descent, right? British and Anglo-Saxon. And I felt so, I think really betrayed (laughs) was kind of the word of trying to understand my ancestral stories. Right. I like when I got to King Arthur, I was like, come on, man. So you're telling me that we used to be magical, but this is like, this is the only thing we have left. Right. We've got to, you know, I was so pissed. Um, and for me, I I got in that being pissed. I went for a walk as as you have to do when you're pissed. (laughs) And I got this piece of, you know, they were, 
first, I think things were burned, but they were too darn busy to go write everything down. But what they did do was live closely with a piece of land. And again, you know, this doesn't mean like for me, I want to put my bones in this land, you know, like I want to die here. Um, (laughs) But that might just be because I hate moving. (laughs) And, um, but when you're in that, you know, even if you're in a space for one year or two years, if you take that moment to be intimate with a plot of land or a park or something around you, you are going to learn so freaking much. And it will actually, again, let me rephrase that. You are going to remember so much. And I think Mm -hmm. that's just, you know, so as long as you have that experience or open to that type of experience, there was nothing that was really lost. You know, I don't think any of this, as long as humans in general can have a relationship with land, we will never lose anything. We will simply forget things sometimes. That's really beautiful. The birthright of natural wisdom. It, we are earthlings and we cannot be separated from that. Um, when we want to just put our bare feet on the earth, we will be reconnected. And I highly recommend it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Tell us what is coming up for you. What's, what is on the horizon? What's cooking for 2021 for you, Casey? <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Um, I don't know. (laughs) Um, I had so many ideas and I actually recently hit a period in my life um, over the past two weeks, actually, where, again, be careful what you ask for. I guess maybe this is the fallen cake moment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I got into a space of really wanting to clear, really wanting to be uh, in a new experience, like in a new relationship of co-creation, right? Where um, I described it as being willing to be led, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? And in doing so, I've had this space of where it's like being okay with everything falling away. Um, And like literally everything falling away. And I know, you know, especially for me, it was like, okay, like how long am I going to be in this was the wrong question to ask initially. (laughs) But then of course, looking in at the time of this recording, um, we're heading into a massive, and I don't say this very often, you know, I don't talk about moons as powerful very often, (laughs) but we're heading into a really big new moon portal. I actually call it like a black hole portal. And by that... Um, I don't mean like you disappear forever. It's just a huge opportunity for realignment. And so I'm sitting in the unknown. I'm sitting in the not knowing and being okay with that. And I feel like that's a really important part of my journey, despite how frustrating it is at the moment. <laughs> you sound very much at peace for being in the unknown. And I admire that because there is there's um, trust and faith in there. And that takes us back to where we started our conversation of like, when we get out of our own way, when we can be comfortable in what looks like a fallow period, um, there's so much mystery and so much at work. You know, we plant seeds in the dark. We don't really know what's brewing under the surface until it pokes up. And um, so I just got this wave of, intrigue and excitement and wonder (laughs) like what what will come what will come of this um because for one thing I know you you are um 
your energy is so dynamic and um, so cool things will come. I'm just excited to see. I love that, that you had the courage to step onto the path and to speak your truth about your work and that you are an astrologer and an herbalist and that you found your way to Barbara and that you found your way to the world as well because your gifts are really, really unique. And um, it's just actually been so cool to watch you come more and more into your power over the last couple of years. So Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm definitely excited about what's to come, but it feels very important not to be naming anything and to not know. And, you know, funny enough, you said it's really comfortable. It actually has been for the first time in my life. Cause I, like I said, I was always a controller. I was always a planner. Um, so I'm really excited to be able to bring, as you said, the astrology and herbalism, um, I don't feel like those are going away. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Absolutely>. Same river. <laughs> those are here. Yeah. Well, if folks want to learn more about you, and I hope they do and follow you in all of the places, um, where do you most recommend that they visit you in, in the internet? Absolutely. Um, on Instagram, at Casey Denae. Um, Are you going to put links or should I spell it? Um, I, I will put links. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that is the best surefire place to find me. Yes. And you don't want to miss out. Casey's Instagram is fire. I love your stories. If you want a girlfriend to be telling you every day, just here's a little heads up on the astrological weather. <laughs> you don't want to miss this. So definitely follow Casey on yeah. Instagram. Thank you so much for being a guest on Just Like Magic. I've loved this conversation. I think you have a really beautiful perspective. It continues to flow through in our dialogue about magic and your approach is really, yeah, it's really cool. I want to look at your chart now too. (laughs) (laughs) And I want you to see mine. So I'm probably going to have to um, talk about that on, we'll sidebar about that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thanks for being a guest, Casey. Absolutely. It was so much fun. Cool. Thank you so much for having me, Erin. Garden season is in full swing, friends, and it is time for me to shake a tail feather and get out there. Even though it's been a long, cold spring in my zone 4A climate, it's time to get going. And I've been teaching garden magic now for years and years, but even I need a refresher course. So I am offering a discount on garden magic for all of you. If you're interested in learning how to organize your chores by the stars and your planting by the phases of the moon, you'll definitely want to learn my system of garden magic. So check out gardenmagicwithak.com and sign up today to lock in your low price. Thanks, friends, and happy planting.